Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Please be advised that Gen X This Is Why contains adult language. I almost said hi and welcome to Dirty Dancing. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we're off to a strong start. Let me take a sip of my coffee. Jesus. Hi, and welcome to Gen X This Is Why presents Blockbusters, the podcast where we re-examine the sometimes bizarre and often scarring movies of our shared childhood. My name is Amy, and I'm a proud Gen Xer born in 1977. And I'm her sister, Jenny, born in 1974. Today, we are looking at the classic, everyone's favorite, every suburban housewives uh, romantic fantasy movie, Dirty Dancing. Jenny, tell everybody a little bit about it. Dirty Dancing was out in 1987, and the description reads, Spending the summer in a holiday camp with her family, Frances, quote, baby, falls in love with the camp's dancing teacher. That's it. That's all they have to say about it on Amazon. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Uh, Most of you are familiar with Dirty Dancing. Um, I had not seen it in probably about 10 years I would say like it's one of those movies when it's on USA or Lifetime, you're walking by, you stop and watch, you know, half hour of it. I think we watched this at your house like 10 years ago or something. I remember us watching it like one Christmas time. Maybe, maybe. Like I said, it's no Titanic, which, you know, (laughs) immediately you have to sit down and watch the entire thing. But I will like I have to sit and watch certain parts of it. And it's like the first time you listen to 18 in life after you're an adult and it's just automatic. Like, you know, all the lyrics, every single guitar note, everything. That's what it was like for me. I was able to recite the lines. Like I knew everything. It was like a Skid Row video for you. It was like a Skid Row video. Sorry. Can we get something out of the way first? I, I just... Anyone who listens to our Little House on the Prairie podcast will appreciate this. Um, if if you're new to our series, just bear with us. I just want to get out of the way how old everyone is. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> you know we're going to go through this. So Patrick Swayze, Johnny, is 35. Okay. I think he's supposed to be like mid-20s-ish though in this because he's talking about getting into the union. It seems like he's out of high school. He's definitely not mm-hmm. going to college. Mm-hmm. So I think he's supposed to be like mid twenties, but he's thirty five. I agree. Yeah. Jennifer Gray, baby, is twenty seven. She's supposed to be seventeen ish, eighteen. Oh, like really? She's, 
Well, she just finished high school. She's going into college in the fall. Okay, so right. she's like, right. she's like probably 18. Yeah. 18. yeah. She's like, I would have been 17 through for, half of that for, year. For legal purposes, let's just call her 18. Let's just think she's 18. Most people are usually 18 the mm-hmm. summer before college. And then um, Cynthia Rhodes, who's Penny, is 31. She looks amazing. She is gorgeous. Gorgeous. Yeah. And then um, Lisa, the sister, oh, is 29. So her and Jennifer Gray are like two mm-hmm. years apart. So that, that mm-hmm. seems right. Because she's the older sister, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, Robbie is 28. So they're all around the same age. Okay. And then <laughs> this was so upsetting. Vivian. How old do you think Vivian is? 46. 37. Oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> Vivian, if in case you don't remember the quote unquote older woman, the older cougar who's like after Johnny in this. She's 37. She's wow. like 10 years younger than me. Okay. Wow. All okay. Right. Okay. The mom is 43 years old. The mom she is, is stunning too. She's younger than me too. <laughs> he looks and the dad, older. Jerry Orman is uh Orbach, Orbach is 52. So okay. that made me feel a little better. At least he's older. I and like Max how, is 63. I like how now you have to come at me with all the ages right up front. Well, because like, you all just going to like, we're just going to struggle through that. And it's going to be super annoying. Mm-hmm. So let's just, let's just have it out there. Okay. All right. So we open with Francis quote, baby houseman played by Jennifer Gray in the backseat of her family's car. Big girls don't cry is playing. And I forgot how great the soundtrack is to this movie. It's great. It great. really is. Uh, baby voiceover tells us it's 1963, and this was before Kennedy was shot, and the Beatles came to America, so it was that summer right there. Uh, she can't wait to join the Peace Corps, and she's reading a book. Like, I love her already. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, Lisa is primping her hair and looking in a mirror. <laughs> uh, Lisa. I know. God, Lisa. Baby and her affluent family are headed for Kellerman's Mountain House. A Catskills resort where her father, Dr. Jake Hausman, played by Jerry Orbach, is employed as personal physician of resort owner Max Kellerman. They pull up to the resort and Lisa starts freaking out that she didn't bring her coral shoes. (laughs) Like, I don't understand that because she sees a box, not a shoe. She sees a box. I know. I know. I don't get it, but okay. Dr. Hausman says, this is not a tragedy. A tragedy is three men trapped in a mine or police dogs used in Birmingham. And Baby says, or monks burning themselves in protest. And I wrote, we get it. It's 1963. Mm-hmm. We get it. Right. The but, old the old World War II generation is clashing with the hippies. Yes, we get it. Yep. We meet Max Kellerman, who tells us Doc Hausman saved his life. And in return, he's hosting them in the nicest cabin he has. Jenny? Can we comment on how rich people are essentially going camping? Well, yeah, like for the entire summer, too. Like who gets three months off? Well, who decides to live in a cabin in the middle of the woods for three months? There's probably spiders there. (laughs) There are spiders, Jen. Um, Again, I want to comment on the soundtrack and I want to say something. I could have sworn, I'm coming at you with, Hashtag Amy's fake news. Okay. <laughs> Great. And this is my memory is awful. So I, I am scared to rely on my memory, but I could have sworn that I saw like a behind the scenes on dirty dancing. And some of the takeaways that I remember very vividly were that um, Patrick Swayze and Jennifer Gray hated each other. Really? Yes. They huh. hated each other. 
And he actually had a very, very serious knee injury and was in excruciating pain throughout the entire thing, which you would never know. That explains his face a little bit sometimes. A little bit. He does seem very angry. But another thing is they, they tried desperately to get the rights to all the music and it was like very down to the wire. They weren't sure they were going to be able to get it. So there was this weird thing with the music and that's why they had um, Patrick Swayze write a song. And then that song at the end, they had written for them by like at the time, people who were not really well known because they were trying to fill in the gaps because they were afraid they weren't going to get music. Yeah, that's a nightmare. Getting rights yeah. to stuff is a total and complete nightmare. And this movie, you need it. Yeah. So I'm, I'm bottom line, I'm glad they got oh, Yeah, you definitely, yeah. You're not going to put a blockbuster out no. and not secure the rights to the soundtrack. Another thing I wanted to bring up really quick is, do you remember when I wanted to join the Peace Corps? Um, No, I think I was ignoring you those years. How long do you think I would have lasted? Um, in the Peace Corps. There's dirt and grass <laughs> and spiders and bugs. <laughs> so, And they'd probably send me somewhere where there were birds. I can't escape them. There's definitely birds. Yeah. yeah. So a week? Oh, you're, that's generous. But I love how they keep talking about the Peace Corps here because as we know, President Kennedy started the Peace Corps. So it was new at the time when mm-hmm. she was talking about it. Okay, so Baby and her older sister, Lisa, take merengue lessons led by former Rocket Penny Johnson, played by Cynthia Rhodes. Gorgeous. That evening, Baby heads up to the main house where she overhears Max giving orders to the college guys. So you're telling me Robbie's 28, but he's a college guy. But he's in med school, so he could be older. He could be older, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, He tells the waiters, who are the college guys, to show all the young women, even the dogs... A good time. Here we go. He tells the waiters to romance the women any way they can. Show them the stars. Take them out onto the terrace. Whatever it takes. He's like the pimp. (laughs) Suddenly, Patrick Swayze walks in and says, got that, guys? And he's wearing sunglasses, even though it's dusk. And he has a leather jacket over his shoulder. Max says, well, well, if it isn't the entertainment staff. (laughs) And this reminded me of. You know what it reminded me of? Well, well, no, well. News crew too. Like that <laughs> the scene in Anchorman where they're rumbling. You mean one of the best scenes in movie history of all time? <laughs> where they have the big news teams and they're all fighting. That's the best movie ever. That's what it was like. It was like, well, 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 if it isn't the entertainment staff. Like, what? Well, he walks in like the Fonz. Like, what is he doing? I don't know. Yeah. And I wrote, what the hell? Don't they work for him as well? Like, why does he hate them? Max lays out their rules, which are different. He tells the entertainment staff, teach the daughters dances they pay to learn, but otherwise, no funny business, no conversations, and keep your hands off. Yeah, he mixed that all up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Johnny listens but says nothing, and one of the waiters, Robbie, who is just the biggest douche ever, says, think you can handle that, Johnny? What you can and can't touch. And Johnny says, you just put your pickle on everybody's plate, college boy, and leave the hard stuff to me. I loved that innuendo. Baby's totally into him. And I'm going to surprise you, Jenny, by saying, eh, I don't really see it. I thought you'd be all over him. Nah, nah, nah. Hmm, Interesting. Not really. I mean, he's attractive. He's annoying. But, you know, whatever. Okay. 
At dinner, Max introduces the Hausmans to Robbie, the douchebag from earlier, who's attending Yale Medical School. Hausman is impressed. Doc, Doc is Hausman, right? Yes. Yes. Doc Hausman tells Robbie, baby is going to change the world. And she's enrolled in Mount Holyoke College to study economics of developing countries. And then they kind of go, well, Lisa, what are you going to do? <laughs> baby says, oh, Lisa's <laughs> going to decorate. Uh, Robbie mumbles, she already does, and walks off. So Lisa's aspiring to be an interior decorator. She's going for her MRS. Yes, she is. Max introduces the girls to his grandson, Neil, who <sighs> is this guy. I can't. Oh, I hate him so much. Who is studying hotel management at Cornell and is entertainment director at the resort. He winks creepily a baby. She looks like she wants to throw up. Later, they're dancing. They're at some kind of dance event. This is all about dancing. I know I should not oh, be surprised duh. to see dancing and dirty dancing. <laughs> but like, fuck? at one point I wrote, do people really do this? Like, just pay a lot of money to go see people dance with each other? I have an index card. Oh. So is the Kellerman's Resort based on a real place? Yeah. So yes, it is. But not a single place. It's based on uh, the numerous all-inclusive vacation spots aimed at Jewish travelers that dotted upstate New York, mostly in the Catskills. Hmm. It was known as the Borscht Belt. They became popular in the first half of the 20th century because of anti-Semitism in the Americas. There were limited options for Jewish families to vacation. Wow. Which, which I feel like they didn't really keep that. In Dirty Dancing. No. Like, besides some obvious, obviously Jewish names, like, yeah. there's not, nope. they haven't kept a lot of that. Um, the best known were Grossingers, which is supposedly the inspiration for um, mm-hmm. this place in Dirty Dancing. Eleanor Roosevelt, Judy Garland, Jane Mansfield, Debbie Reynolds, they all used to go there. And characters like Penny and Robbie were very common, according to the consultants for this film who worked in those resorts in the 60s. There were on-site dance teams. This is what they did. They entertained all day. They gave dance lessons all day. And Ah. then they all went to dinner. And then they did the after-dinner show. So, like, this is totally real. Even though Dirty Dancing was not filmed in upstate New York because these places were long gone at that time. Was it filmed Um, in Virginia? It was filmed in Southwest Virginia at Lake Lodge and in Lake Lure in North Carolina. Yeah, my, my, friend, real. my friend Megan, shout out to Megan, just messaged me and said, you know, that was filmed where I live. Okay. <laughs> but it was real. Like this, this, it was real. This was a job. I'm yeah. just thinking like if I had tons of money, would I go there? Okay. So they're at this dance thing and the band is playing the mambo and Johnny and Penny come in and they have like this really sensual dance. And Baby just cannot take her eyes off of them. And Neil is like blabbing up with her and they're dancing. And he's saying, oh, I'm going as soon as this summer's over, I'm going to Mississippi with a couple of the bus boys on a freedom ride. And I'm like, dude, stop. Feels racist. Okay, so Max Kellerman enters and he seems pissed off. He gives Johnny and Penny the cut signal. And Johnny and Penny like immediately collect themselves and start going into the crowd and dancing with other people. And Neil makes a snide remark about how Johnny and Penny should stop showing off. They're supposed to sell dance lessons, not dance with each other. Well, and I say, if I saw this, like, take all my money. Here's my money. Take my money. Like, (laughs) what? Like, they got this wrong. This is going to sell fucking dance lessons. I know, exactly. Neil then announces he has to leave to go get games set up and invites Baby to help. And Baby's parents are there. And Dr. Husband's like, oh, yeah, Baby will help you. Go, 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 go. 
Then the dude from oh, and then I wrote the next thing we know, she's stuck in a mad a bad magic act, and the dude from <laughs> Jurassic Park is giving her a goose. No, you did you see Newman in this too? Well, yeah, he's the dude from Jurassic Park. No, it's Newman it's from Newman. Seinfeld. Right? Okay. Oh, right. the dude from Jurassic Park. I forgot he was even in Jurassic Park. He's the he's bad guy Newman. in Jurassic he's Park. Newman. Of course, oh God, he's, he's Newman. Newman. But he's the bad guy in Jurassic Park. And he's the bad guy in Seinfeld. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Then I wrote, did every kid think they were a magician or was that just me? Like, I remember having you. the Blackstone kit and I thought I was going to be a legit magician. That was you. Okay. To escape this hellhole, baby wanders towards the staff <laughs> quarters where there are limit where there are big signs that say off limits to guests. She hears some music coming from one of the bungalows and she meets one of the staff, Johnny's cousin, Billy. He tells her, get lost. I saw you dancing with little boss man. And baby's like, yeah, fuck that guy. Let me go with you. She helps Billy carry watermelons to the staff party. I have a question. What's that? Why are they bringing watermelons? It's an odd choice. It's just an odd choice. They're going to put vodka in them. Uh, I don't see that happening. I have a question. Why would you trust baby? She dresses like a 13-year-old. Like, she looks like she's (laughs) a child. Why would you? Like, she's going to tell mom. Her mm-hmm. name's Baby. I just feel like, why wouldn't they have them carrying, like, just two crates of something or a case of beer? Like, why watermelons? It's weird. Because, because it sets it up for that lame thing she says later. Oh, that's true. Okay, so they get up to this cabin, and they Baby is stunned to see a bunch of couples dancing sensually to Do You Love Me? And I wrote... I was 10 years old when this movie came out and <laughs> I watched it when I was 10 years old. Coincidentally, and I wrote, coincidentally, hold on. I almost, I also went to summer camp that year. In oh, was fi- that in the fifth, fifth grade. grade thing? Yes. Yeah. My summer camp did not look like this. I wrote, is that Kevin Bacon? <laughs> <laughs> I thought I saw him there. I was, I was mixing up movies. Cameo. <laughs> Um, my summer camp did not look like this, but I remember not being able to take my eyes off of this scene. It was mesmerizing. Like all of these adults basically having sex on camera. Later, I'm going to get to a list of why I should not have been able to watch this at 10 years old. But this is part <laughs> of it. When Johnny and Penny enter and begin to dance, baby's eyes are glued to Johnny and his every move. And I wrote, so are mine. Penny and Johnny. Okay, here we go. No, Penny and Johnny, both of them. Baby finds out they are not a couple. She is practically salivating. Johnny comes over to her and says, hey, cuz, what's she doing here? I have real problems with the fact that he will not speak directly to her. I know. It's so, like, friggin' misogynistic. Hey, cuz, what's she doing here? And Billy's like, oh, she's with me. She came with me. Blah, blah, blah. And Baby's like, I carried a watermelon. (laughs) (laughs) Otis Redding's love man comes on and Johnny grabs baby and pulls her to the floor. And then I wrote, he grinds on her for what was probably the best two minutes of her life. (laughs) And at the end of the song, he's gone. Like, I feel like that two minutes of her life changed the course of this movie (laughs) of her, like her summer. It changed the course of her summer. Absolutely. The next day, baby and Lisa are trying on Cleopatra and Jackie Owigs. When Robbie sneaks up on them and does a horrible JFK impression, hey, Robbie, douchebag, back off the JFK. 
The only thing I have here is if this were my life, the wigs and the dancing would have been one event. <laughs> true, true. Definitely true. He talks about buying. He says that if tips keep up, he'll have enough for an Alfa Romeo. It's a car. And Timmy told me that my consultant who was watching with you me. You don't know that's a car? No. Jenny, I knew it was a car. I was asking him what he thinks, like what caliber of car it was, what it would Expensive. be equivalent to. He said it's an Italian sports car, something like your father would like. There you go, Dad. But they're very expensive. Very too. expensive. Very mm-hmm. expensive. Like a, um, what did we? Lamborghini. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So Lisa is impressed. It's her favorite car. Okay, nerd. <laughs> she then asked Baby to cover for her tonight while she goes off to have sex on the golf course with Robbie. <laughs> but Okay. All right. No, we'll get to that. Go ahead. <laughs> Baby approaches Penny at the wig stand and tries to make small talk. Penny's annoyed and walks off. Well, because she says, I envy you. And I'm like, that's a, who says that to someone? I feel like that's a really dumb thing to say to anyone. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's again, like it's dirty because it's so classist to say to her. Yeah. It's yeah. I didn't like it. I didn't like it at all. It was gross. Cringy. That evening, the Hausmans are at a gazebo watching other people dance again. Johnny is dancing with some rich older woman named Vivian. Vivian Press Pressman is her name? Yes. She's the one who's 36, she said? She's 37, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Baby looks like she's being held hostage by her parents <laughs> in the corner. Neil, little nerd boss man Neil, grabs Johnny like he owns him and asks him where Penny is. Johnny snaps at him. She's taking a break. She needs a break. And I wrote, I guess dancing and wig fitting can be a lot for someone. <laughs> I mean, dancing's exhausting. You took dance. Dancing's exhausting. Dancing's a lot, yeah. But like, I just the idea of an overworked dance instructor is funny to me. I don't know why. I don't know why. It's it is a real thing, but it's funny. Okay. I mean, I get overworked typing on a keyboard. Like these people are doing real work here. Neil then walks over to Baby and grabs her like he owns her. I want to say something. This could be a personal thing. But I have a real problem when I see a man grab a woman like this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Me too. And especially this pencil dick. Mm-hmm. I hate him. He's an asshole. Ouch. <laughs> I was enraged. I just hate him so much. Wow. Yeah. I don't, I don't remember that from before. Like, it's Oof. <laughs> but just I... focusing all my pandemic anger on Neil. <laughs> it's easy to do. <laughs> He takes a walk with her, and then he gets all creepy. He says he's the catch of the county, and if she's with him, her parents will be the happiest parents at Keller. Like, there are so many layers of classism here. It's Well, and if you have to say that to someone. You're not. Yeah. it's It was really bad. Baby makes some excuse to get away from him, and as they walk away, they see Lisa and Robbie coming from the golf course. Lisa, Lisa's all disheveled from Robbie's <laughs> sexual advances and they're fighting. <laughs> that's what I was like, you know, she's, she acted like cover for me. I'm going, but like, that's not, she, I don't know what she thought was going to happen, but Robbie's a creep. I know. Later when Neil takes baby into the kitchen for a snack, she finds Penny cowering in the corner and she tells Neil she needs to leave to check on Lisa. But instead she runs to tell Billy who tells Johnny And the three of them rush back to the kitchen to find Penny. And again, I wrote, on the way there, Johnny's all like, why is she here? 
He Ugh. acts like a nine-year-old who can't I directly know. speak to the girl he likes. Terrible. Oh, it drives me crazy. Um, I do like, though, how Johnny, like, scoops Penny up, like, boop, I got you. Well, she weighs like 110 pounds. Carries her away. I thought it was kind of cute. Then I wrote, like, I had this epiphany, which was obvious, and I should have caught on to it before. But I wrote, he can't stand her because he thinks she's a rich dog like Neil. Like, I'm forgetting that everyone thinks she's yeah. with Neil. Well, and everyone around them is like, a lot of them are rich snobs. So, like, this is, yeah. they're used to this kind of abuse. Yes. So, like, I, I get the hesitation completely. Yes. When they find Penny, Johnny comforts her, carries her back. And then we have this scene where Johnny, Billy, and Penny are all sitting around trying to figure out what to do because she's pregnant. Baby stares awkwardly at them. Like, she really just shouldn't even be there, It right? was so weird. Yeah, like, it was. she's so awkward. She just inserts herself and everything. Yep. And I love how Billy just hands Penny a drink. Like, here, just drink. <laughs> Johnny offers Penny what's left, quote, what's left of his salary for an abortion. She says no. And besides, it wouldn't be enough. Jenny, I have it's a post-it note here. Whoa. Look uh-huh. at you. Uh-huh. You wrote something on a post-it. Uh-huh. How'd that go? <laughs> I looked it up, and wow. $250 would be $2,100 in today's money. So yeah, Penny, so needs about 10 two, times. Penny needs $250 for this abortion. So that means that the rest of Johnny's salary is equivalent to $2,100 today. Because okay. it, abortion was illegal at this time. Yes. So. Yep. Probably expensive and dangerous. And Did you like that post-it note? I'm impressed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Baby tries to intervene and Pe- Penny tells her, you don't know shit about my problems. And Billy's like, oh, I kind of told her. <laughs> Billy's like, yeah, she kind of does. And Penny's pissed that she might go to her little management boyfriend. And then Baby learns that it's Robbie, the douchebag. <laughs> Which she didn't know and Penny accidentally told her. Mm-hmm. Who's responsible? And then Penny has that famous line that we all remember. Go back to your playpen, baby. Yep. Um, Super strong classic tones. Because don't forget, like, Penny and baby are probably only a couple years apart in age. And, like, the shit that Penny has to deal with, like, she talks about her mother kicked her out when she was 16. Like, her life is so different. Yep. Than babies like baby doesn't even know how the world works yet, basically. And that's why Penny was so pissed off when baby's like, I envy you. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So the next day, baby confronts Robbie and tries to get him to give Penny the $250 for the abortion. When Robbie rebuffs her by telling her, quote, some people count and some people don't. Wow. And then handing her a copy of The Fountainhead. Okay. You know how I feel about Ayn Rand. Yeah. I like. Yeah. I mean, the only thing that would have made this worse is if it was Atlas Shrugged. Yes. Yep. I was enraged. Yep. Baby freaks out and warns him to stay away from her and her sister. Or she'll have him fired. And then she throws a pitcher of water on him. <laughs> question. Okay. I have a question. Why doesn't she just have him fired? Like, she could do that tomorrow. I know. She's yeah. not mean enough. Yeah, no. Okay. Baby goes to her father and reminds him that he has always told her if someone's in trouble, she should help. And she asks him for $250, but doesn't tell him why she needs it. 
he starts questioning her. One of the questions is, is it illegal? And she yep. so blatantly gulps, swallows hard and lies and says, no, daddy. Of course it is. Her father gives her the money. Jenny, do you think dad would give you $2,000? No questions asked for a reason uh-huh. you couldn't tell uh-huh. I'm 17. I go to, or 18. I go to dad. I'm like, can you give me 2,100 bucks? Well, I can't when tell you, you why. were 20, it would probably be about 1,200 would probably be the equivalent. Right? Because okay. I looked it up for 2020. When you were 20, it was 20 years ago. Okay. So okay. $1,200. Mm-hmm. Dad, can I have $1,200? It wouldn't have mattered. I mean, it's over like <laughs> 20 bucks. <laughs> would have been like, what the hell? Yeah. No way. No, no way. No way. way. Graham might have done it if she had it. But dad, no. Nope. And mom, no. I mean, to be fair, I don't don't think I just hand a kid that kind of money and not know what they're doing. I mean, they could be buying like a brick of cocaine. You don't know what the hell's going on. Yeah, but what if, like, don't forget, in his eyes, baby's like the perfect kid. That's true. I feel like no one in our family is that innocent. Right, exactly. Later that evening... Baby returns to the place where the staff dirty dances. (laughs) She finds Penny and gives her the money. And Johnny says, oh, uh, Penny's like, thank you. Thank you so much. And Johnny goes, yeah, it takes a real saint to ask daddy and angrily swigs his beer. He's so like aggressive. I know. I know. And to me, that's a total turnoff. And I think that's why I'm not having it for him during this. You don't have a paw thing going on there? No, not at all. He is no Charles Ingalls. (laughs) At first, Penny refuses the money, and then Billy tells Baby he could only get Penny an appointment for the doctor on Thursday, and that's the day when Penny and Johnny are booked to dance at the Sheldrake, another hotel, and if they cancel, they'll lose an entire season's pay and the gig the next year. These people take this shit so seriously. Well, I mean, I feel like there's, it's completely unfair the way these jobs work. Like, what the fuck? I will say that I used to make the joke, oh, why is Johnny so worried about losing this stupid summer job? But then I became a gig worker as Mm -hmm. an adjunct professor, and I get it. Like, it's a shit pay. It's shit pay for a lot of work, but it's in your field, and you love it, and you got to keep it coming. I mean, I did that for 10 years, basically, like in the arts and in photography and stuff, like, you know. Mm-hmm. So, uh, 25-year-old Amy, who made that joke, apologizes to fictional Johnny. <laughs> what an asshole. She was. <laughs> All right. Although um, Baby has very little dance experience, she volunteers to fill in for Penny. And Johnny's like, nope. And then he does this machismo, like, she can't do it. She can't do it. She cannot do it. Well, and he doesn't realize that, like... He he has to agree to this. Like the alternative to not agreeing to this is like Penny's going to have a kid for twenty years. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. dude, like be if a team player here. Your Penny's like, please no, please no. This is. Um. So he's like, she can't do it. She can't do it. And baby's like, oh yeah, fucker. Okay, I'll do it. All right. Then we have a couple scenes where Johnny is teaching her. So she has what two weeks to learn this. And I love the Bobos. Remember Bobos? Yes, I remember Bobos. So they start. <laughs> You know, they start working on things and we see her like practicing on her own and they're playing Wipeout and she's like coming down the stairs. We all know that scene where she's like dancing with herself a little bit. And he's like, don't put your heel down. Don't put your heel. It sounds like my personal trainer. Stop, <laughs> like, don't put your heel. I'll put my heel down. Don't put your I can't stop doing it. Like, yep. you everyone knows that feeling. Yep. You're like, ah, why is my body doing the thing I'm being told not to do at this exact moment over and over? 
So then they have this weird fight and Johnny's getting all like frustrated with her and he starts yelling at her and she starts yelling back at him finally standing up to him. And she's like, I'm doing all of this to save your ass when all I really want to do is drop you on it. Which is a super weird line. Super weird. But then there's this, then he kind of like softens a little bit. He's like, you got to start feeling the music. It's like a heartbeat. And I like wanted to slap the wave right out of his hair when he said that because it's such a dumb line. But then Hungry Eyes starts playing and I'm like, oh my God, it's Hungry Eyes. Yeah, 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 yeah. That song was huge. It was huge. huge. So this other side of baby weirdly wins Johnny's respect and he agrees to start teaching her the lift, but he's got to like take her somewhere to do it. So all of a sudden he grabs like a pylon and smashes the window of his car, which Timmy told me is a 57 Chevy Bel Air. And he smashes out the back window and he's like, well, you're wet anyway. And then, so they get in the car and they drive to like a field what was the point of, of the keys being left in the car and him smashing this window? I have three theories. I don't know. I thought it was super irresponsible for somebody who uh, is doing gig work and really hanging on to every penny they have. Well, I, ha- I have three theories what, what the point of that was. Okay. It's to show that he's wild and reckless and anything can happen. Mm-hmm. Or he's tough and doesn't give a fuck. Or three, his life is a mess. <laughs> or all three. <laughs> or all three. I, I vote for D, all of the above. And then this, like, this whole, like, she has, he says she has two days to learn the lift. Forget it. Dude, it's it's over. It's not going to happen. Like, you need more time to learn something like that. That's insane. I would need two years to learn the lift. <laughs> no. Because first I'd have to lose 100 pounds before Timmy even tried to lift me <laughs> over his head. Okay. Um. So when they're doing this lift training, they're, like, on a tree log, and then they're in a lake, and he's being nice to her. They're talking a little bit about his past. You know what I noticed here? What? She's always wearing, like, all white, and he's always wearing all black. Like, yep. That's, yep. like, a heavy metaphor. Like, did Michael Landon write this? <laughs> hey, back off. <laughs> yes, I did notice that, though. I did notice. It's, like, spy versus spy or some shit. Like, what's yep. going on? Yep. Okay. As Baby is getting ready for the dance. So now it's the night of the Sheldrake dance. Baby's getting ready. She's getting in her little red dress. Is it red or is it coral? It's like magenta. Hmm. Okay. Penny is helping her and she reveals like Penny gets real soft with, with Baby all of a sudden. And she like thanks her, which I guess Penny is the emotional side of the Penny Johnny duet. You think? She starts thanking Baby, and she reveals that she thought Robbie loved her. That's a pairing I would never think would happen. Nope. And then confides in Baby that she's scared, and Baby comforts her. Like, it was a really nice scene. At the Sheldrake, Johnny and Baby Mambo, and their performance is pretty decent, but, like, Baby's super nervous. Like, she can't do the lift. She's so stiff. She's so stiff in, like, her makeup. I mean, considering she had two weeks to prepare for this and isn't a dancer, she did pretty good. And now she's on stage dancing. Yeah, I would be frozen. And she didn't do the lift, and you know what? That is completely his fault. There is no way she was going to learn that in two days. No way. No way. So then at the end, she spots a couple, the Schumachers, who she knows from Kellerman's. They're like this little old couple. And she panics and she yep. she starts like trying to get off the stage. I don't think they would have recognized her with all that makeup on, to be fair. No. Mm-mm. Johnny and Baby, they're like on a high driving home. Like Johnny's like, you did so well. You did so well. You did great. You did great. Blah, blah, blah. And Baby's getting dressed in the backseat and he's trying not to look at her. 
And he's totally creeping on her. Yeah, totally. Johnny and Baby get back to Kellerman's and like there's this weird moment where you think they're going to kiss and then all of a sudden Billy runs up to them. And he's like, Penny needs you, Penny needs you. They run to see Penny and it's revealed that the abortion was botched by a quack doctor. And well, Bob, what are all those so people doing there? There's like 35 all around people her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. standing around. Yep. Like, give the girl some space, man. I know. And Bobby says, the guy didn't even use ether and he had a dirty knife and a folding table. Oh my God. Jesus. Whew. Sadly, probably not uncommon. Yeah. So baby sees this and she does what anybody would do. She runs to get her father. So I have, she did the right thing and PSA kids. God, I hope there's not kids listening <laughs> to our podcast. They, they're learning some words. Um, but like, no matter if something bad happens, just get your parents, man. No matter what, yeah. just do it. Yeah. I wonder if this happens to doctors a lot. Like they get woke up in the middle of the night and they have to perform their job. And I wondered what it would yeah. be like if somebody woke me up in the middle of the night and was like, go into this classroom and teach. <laughs> like, could you perform your job in the middle of the night? Woken from a slumber. I would, I mean, the middle of the night is my time. That's, that's, that's when I have true. the most energy. You would, you so. would drive. You know, if you had to wake me up at 6.30 a.m. to do my job, which would be odd, people do I would their jobs. be a mess. I would be a mess. Yeah. Okay, so Dr. Hausman grabs his bag. No questions asked. Follows her. Grabs, grabs his bag. He takes care of Penny. Everybody's waiting outside. When Oh, like, when he gets there, he says, who's responsible for this woman? And Johnny says, I am. First of all, why? Like, she's an adult. It's not like there's a 14-year-old sitting there. Like, she's responsible for herself. And, like, why Why does a man have to be responsible? Like, it was just gross. But why is he asking? Is he saying, like, who's taking care of her? I think that's what he was asking. But I think he made the assumption that, you know, he was the father. Right. Because I think Johnny, I think Johnny interpreted it like, I'm taking care of her. I'm responsible yeah, for her. Which I think I would have interpreted it that way too, but I think he just made the assumption, right? Which like he, again, in my ongoing series of open communication would have solved this shit. <laughs> all he had to say was, I'm helping her. I'm not the father, but I'm helping her. I'm where, her is friend. The, where, where is that series running in? <laughs> Everywhere, coming to theaters. Um, On the way home, Dr. Hausman is pissed. He's like, is that what my money paid for? And Baby starts apologizing. And he says, you're not the person I thought you were, Baby. I'm not sure who you are. Well, there's a lot of those people. Well, and then he forbids Baby from having anything further to do with those people. Okay, I would now like to take a moment... To list the myriad of reasons my mother never should have let... 10-year-old Amy watched this goddamn movie. Okay. Okay. It contains sexuality. God forbid kids watch that. See, I'm on a different page with that. But. No, no, no. That's not the worst of it. A botched yeah. abortion. Okay, that was... Exploitation of labor. Yeah. Icky classism. Icky, icky classism. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Sexual misconduct and possible assault. <laughs> Extortion. Sexual <laughs> harassment and misogyny. Yes, all those things. Yes. Are in there. Yes. Sure. I saw this at 10 years old. <laughs> 10 years old. Did, like, with mom? Or did we just watch it? Somewhere? Mom and I just talked about this, full disclosure. 
And mom claimed she had no idea I watched it, okay? So I was like, how could you not know what your kids were watching? Don't you remember I watched this? Blah, blah, blah. We watched it at a neighbor's house. Blah, blah, blah. In this conversation, I said, mom, okay. Mom was kind of arguing that I didn't see it in 1987 because it would just be in the movies. Mm-hmm. So I said, okay, mom, even if I saw it the next year and I was 11, <laughs> I said, I wouldn't let my 13-year-old kids watch this. And she goes, well, you know, they watch the kissing booth and there's like sexuality and abortion in the kissing booth. I'm like, what? Oh, is this a, so, is that that Gen Z movie? I guess. I guess. <laughs> so I said, oh my God, mom, I'm sorry. I guess I don't know what the hell my kids are watching either. <laughs> okay. So mom's off the hook. Baby immediately defies her father and goes directly to Johnny's cabin to bang him. My question is, what the hell time is it? How long is this night? This is like that Saturday in Little House that just went on for like, (laughs) it was like 48 hours of the same day. I know. Like, if this was my, I'd be in bed by nine o'clock. Like, what's happening? And Johnny's place is like a dump. And like, I just wrote, who hasn't dated a person with that place? Like, I I, I definitely dated people who lived in a shack. Before they bang, they have a conversation about class. And Baby apologizes to him for the way his her father behaved. And Johnny says, people treat me like I'm nothing because I'm nothing. And she says, he says, Baby, you don't understand how it is for people like me. Last month, I'm eating jujubes to stay alive. And this month, women are stuffing diamonds in my pocket like it's nothing. <clears throat> jujubes. Yes. Better choices than a box of jujubes for survival. I mean, there's Rice, no nutrition in those. Beans, and they stick to your teeth. Bananas. Apples. They stick to your teeth, then it's gross. Grapes. Cereal. <laughs> cheese. Bread. Those are only some of the things. I feel like jujubes would be harder to get than a lot of those things. Could you imagine living on cheese? You would be so constipated. You, you would never go to the bathroom. It would be gross. Uh. <laughs> It would be delicious. Johnny tells baby she's brave. And she's like, no, I'm not. Like you said, you know, I asked my dad and he's like, no, 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 no. That was brave. You're not scared of anything. And she's like, I'm scared of everything, including walking out of this room and never again feeling the way I feel when I'm with you. Shouldn't I be an actress? Wow. That was great. <laughs> so then the record changes to cry to me and she asks him to dance, turns into a dance of seduction. They And they bang. Okay. When he was standing there with his shirt off, I was wondering if you're going to air horn that. No. No? No. Okay. No. I, I feel like, you know, there's a little bit too much of that. <laughs> a little too yeah, much you would get exhausted. It would be <laughs> there would be a lot of air horn. <laughs> All right. The next morning, the Hausman breakfast table is super tense. Neil comes over and asks about the weekend show and Doc Hausman's like, we're leaving early to avoid the traffic. And Lisa's like, no, I'm singing in the show. I'm singing in the show. So he then agrees. He then changes his mind because there's a lot of like Lisa's really upset. She's going to be in the show. He changes his mind and he's going like trying to redirect the conversation. He's like, so Lisa, what are you going to sing in the show? And she goes, what do the simple folk do? I feel pretty. And he starts to get up and leave. And she's like, what do you think, daddy? What do you think? <laughs> she's so it's, crazy. it's pretty bad. <laughs> when we were going to, when we were considering what movies to do and we thought this was a good one, Jenny's like, well, and it also has a sibling dynamic. No, it doesn't. Not really. Lisa's like it a non-factor. Has, she, she hardly has any, I remember she was weird, but she's hardly in it. I yeah. don't remember that. Yep. Yeah. 
The next day, when Baby visits Penny to see how she's doing, Johnny shows up. And Penny realizes, I don't know if it's the next day. It might be later that day. Penny realizes that he and Baby are having an affair. Because they're so obvious. Because they can barely look at each other. (laughs) It's so uncomfortable. After Baby leaves, Penny's like, Johnny, what are you doing? Stop it. Like, you're going to lose the best job that's ever happened to you in your life. He's like, yeah, whatever. Later, it's raining, and in the houseman cabin, Lisa, who's just awful, is fretting about her honeymoon, even though she's not engaged, doesn't even have a boyfriend, and her beige iridescent lipstick. Doc Houseman still isn't talking to Baby. He's sitting there doing a puzzle, and she's kind of doing it with him, but she's like, I'm out of here, and she makes up an excuse and, and leaves and goes to bang Johnny again. She says she's going to play charades. And I'm like, that's the best game of charades ever. (laughs) She asks Johnny if he's had many women and he starts getting pissed. And he's like, I came from the streets and then these women come up here. Oh, wait, let me do it. Let me act this out. He's like, you don't get it, baby. I come from the streets. And then these women come up here and they smell so nice and they take such good care of themselves. Was that good? Yeah. That was that was pretty good. Who the fuck asks that question? Is somebody there just like they this is the second like why would I you know, ask them? I know. That is I the know. rudest thing you can ask anyone. Yeah. And like, you know, his answer is basically he's a whore and you definitely have an S T D baby. Well, and <laughs> then he says he's mistaken their attention for love. You see, baby, they were using me. Oh my god, this is bullshit. I call bullshit on this because he just got done totally objectifying them. Like yep. saying they smell good and they look good. like nothing about like the conversations they had or the kind of people they were like, this is bullshit. I'm yep. sorry. Yep. It's very, you know, again, like just the machismo, machismo, machismo it drives me crazy with him. And that's, I don't like that. I don't like no, that. you don't like that. I don't like but that. How about one? How about one pause? Doing I that? don't feel like Paul does that. All right. Whatever. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> okay. Uh, later, Lisa announces she's going all the way with Robbie and she almost taunts baby with it. So weird. Like, oh, hey, baby, I decided I'm going all the way with Robbie. And baby's like, ugh, do not. Like, he's gross, Lisa. You deserve better than that. And she's like, you don't care about me. You just care that you're not daddy's girl anymore. He listens when I talk now. No, no, he doesn't, Lisa. No, he, doesn't, he gets up and walks away from the table. He gets up and walks away from the table when you talk. <laughs> The next day, we see some dancing on the lawn, a volleyball game, and Johnny and Baby are rehearsing the cha-cha. And this is the famous scene where they lip-sing it. Like, how do you call your lover boy? Come here, lover boy. You know that part? Yep. I used to love that part. Loved it. So they're, like, fooling around and dancing. And then little boss man, Neil, comes up the stairs. And they, like, you know, separate really quickly. Mm -hmm. Neil wants to propose that Johnny does something different for the final show of the season. Johnny's like all excited. Oh, I know this mambo, this blah, blah, blah. He starts doing something. I don't know. And Neil's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Stop the clock, buddy. Uh, We just want you to do the pachanga. (laughs) I'm laughing like I understand that joke. I know. When Neil leaves, though, he calls baby kid. And I want to just go through the screen at him. Well, he, he's so oblivious that, like, obviously she's into Johnny. Like, know, he's so stupid. Later, Johnny and Baby are walking, and Baby scolds Johnny for letting Neil talk to him like that. But Johnny reminds her he needs this job the following summer. He says it's either this or his dad gets him in the Painters and Plasterers Union. And I was like, well, 
union job's not so bad. But I get it. I get it. Like if you're a dancer, he's Mm -hmm. Kevin Bacon here in Footloose. He wants to dance. He needs (laughs) to dance. But there's not somebody trying to stop him from dancing in general. Well, I think that's a good movie too. Footloose. Yep, that's a good movie. Okay. So then they see Baby's father coming out of a building, and he has one arm around Robbie and one around Lisa. And Lisa, I don't know if you caught this. Lisa's going, "I'm very concerned about the the domino effect." Like, who do you think will fall next? China? God. Jesus. Wow. But then Johnny gets mad at yes. baby. And I agree with that because, like, if you want change and equality, baby, start with your own friggin' life. Well, like, and then John, Johnny's like, why do you not go up to your father and tell him I'm yeah. your guy? Didn't they only sleep together twice? I mean, that that's beside the point. Like, I think that's all stupid. Yeah. Like, that they have this big relationship now. But, like, he's right. Like, she's hiding that. And it's, like, because she knows it's not okay in her upper echelon. And it's, like, no. Like, supposedly you're this, like, social justice warrior. Like, just be okay with this and, like, own it in your yep. own life. Yep. I agree with him there. I agree totally. with him, too. I actually agree with him a lot. I just think he goes about things in a terrible way. <laughs> he's just very immature. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so then later, the next scene, we have Johnny and Baby on the porch, and they're, like, hugging, or she's rubbing him or something. This is at Penny's. What? This is at Penny's place. Yes, yes, yes. Robbie comes by, and he (laughs) sees them, and he makes some comment, like, oh, looks like I picked the wrong sister. And then he goes, that's okay, baby. I went slumming, too. And Johnny leaps off the porch. (laughs) And gives him the beating of his fucking life. And I wrote, everyone kind of stands there and lets they it They love happen. it. Everyone is loving it. Like, I think at some point, the camera pans to Penny and Baby. And I can actually hear Baby going, ooh, ooh. But nobody <laughs> does anything to stop it. it. Well, yeah. everybody want like, you know, he got his shit for what he did for Penny. I thought that was good. Yeah, I thought so too. Later, it's a rehearsal for the final talent show. The final night's talent show. And Lisa is rehearsing something horrible. She's like in a hula skirt and she's singing and baby's up on the stage. She's painting some scenery and Johnny's like down in front of the stage and he's like um, counting money or so. I don't know what he's doing. He's doing something. And Vivian comes over to him. Um, Vivian, the older woman that we talked about before, comes over and she says to Johnny, like, it's our last night lover. I have something planned for the two of us. Now, how baby can hear any of this with Lisa singing? Right? I mean, Lisa, ins- insane is not a good look. Like she has, oh, like she seems insane. I don't think baby necessarily hears it, but she knows what's happening. Like yeah. you could tell. Yeah, maybe, maybe. I guess it, it was established earlier that Vivian is a bungalow bunny. And the, that's what they call the older women who stay there all week and their husbands only come up on the weekend. In other words, they're fucking around. Right. And so her husband is now in town. So it must be the weekend. And the husband says to Johnny, oh, hey, buddy, I have a poker game this weekend. Can you keep my wife entertained with some dance lessons? And hands him like what clearly looked to me to be a hundred dollar bill or two of them. Johnny looks at it and like pause it for a minute. And then he's (laughs) like, like, you know what? I'm all booked up. And he hands it back to him. And Vivian looks pissed off. That's going to come back. Yep. 
Later that evening, Lisa walks towards the employee cabins intending to bang Robbie. She's like, it's going to be tonight. I'm going all, I'm going all the way with Robbie tonight. Well, it's funny because she told Baby that at the stage. She's like, I'm going all the way with Robbie tonight. And Baby's like, hey, Lisa. And then she was kind of like, eh, forget it. Yeah. Yeah. No, not a big deal. Go, 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 go nuts. Let's see how this plays out. So when Lisa gets to Robbie's cabin, she's like, knock, knock, knock. Robbie, and there's a towel on the doorknob. And there's a towel. And we all know what the towel means. She, does, she clearly doesn't know what the towel means. She has no clue about how the world works. She clearly does not. So she opens the door and we see Robbie in bed with Vivian. <laughs> okay. Cut to Johnny and Baby in bed together. And Still of the Night is playing, which is one of my favorite songs. I love it, love it, love it. It's one of your favorite songs? I love that song. Okay, I'll remember that. Okay. Johnny tells her he had a dream that they were walking together, met her father, and he put his arm around her. Again, people, this could all be cleared up with baby saying, Dad, Johnny did not get Penny pregnant. I know. Like, just just, done. Oh, my God. Done. Yeah. But, you know, so many sitcoms and movies are built on the idea of uh, uh, miscommunication. Yeah. We need to to keep it there. Okay. So – Later, as Johnny and Baby kiss goodbye on the porch, Vivian sees them. They're all all the people who are like shacking up or coming out of the. They're all doing one of the shacks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Next morning at breakfast, Max tells the Hausmans that someone stole Vivian's husband's wallet. So Vivian has clearly set Johnny up yep. for this. Yep. Um, it was sometime between one thirty and four a.m., and Johnny's the prime suspect as Vivian reported him at the vicinity at the time. In the vicinity at the time. Baby freaks out. She's like, I know he didn't do it. I know he didn't do it. And she starts like throwing the Schumachers under the bus. Like it must be the Schumachers. <laughs> and they think she's out of her mind. Yeah. Max <laughs> is appalled. Because then- there was a scene, there was a scene earlier that we didn't mention. Cause it's like a tiny little scene um, where the Mrs. Schumacher drops her bag and Penny and baby help her. And there's like 18 wallets. Yes. And like, that's in the what bag, she says. Like- she had a couple wallets. I know she did. But like, you know, old people might have a million wallets. You know how. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. Graham had a purse with 13 compartments. Yeah, yeah. She had a wallet in their cigarette containers and wallets. Mm -hmm, Yeah. mm -hmm. So, baby finally confesses that she knows it's not Johnny and she's like trying not to look at her dad. And she's like, because I was with him all night in his cabin. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, later we have this scene, and I remember the scene so well with baby and her father and he's sitting on some pavilion somewhere like looking it's raining and cloudy and he's looking out at the water and she comes up to him and she apologizes to him for not telling him the truth but she said you know i'm sorry i lied to you but you also lied to me you told me everyone is equal and deserves a fair break but what you really meant is everyone like you and that is what he meant that is she she's dead on she says you told me i should better the world but what you really wanted was for me to become a lawyer and economist and marry an ivy league grad he's she's right she's 100 percent right. right he looks moved like he's gonna cry but he doesn't say anything he's like like he's unemotional through this entire thing i feel like through the entire movie yep the man has no emotion yep johnny finds baby sleeping in some random cabin that's not his cabin right no, she's sleeping somewhere random. Yeah, and like, yeah. I just like, why do people sleep in the middle of the day? Sleep is boring. <laughs> and he tells her, guess what? The Schumachers were arrested. <laughs> they, no. had, they had like this 
This they fingerprinted them or something. They were like wanted by the FBI. <laughs> she got sure, lucky like, there. I have so many questions about that, but I'm not even going to go into it. I know. It's not worth it. I it's feel like it. we needed a prequel of the Schumachers. <laughs> like a I'm movie. not even going to go into that. It's so ridiculous. <laughs> okay, so then Johnny reveals that he's fired anyway because he had a relationship with the guests. Oh, yeah. He was told explicitly not to. Yep. And Baby's distraught that Johnny got fired and she's like freaking out. This is all my fault. And he's like, I'm so proud of you that you stood up for your principles, blah, blah, blah. Johnny then goes to see Baby's father and tries to reason with him. Mistake. Dr. Hausman calls him out for getting Penny pregnant. And then there's a pause. What could Johnny have said in that pause, Jenny? Wasn't me. (laughs) Wasn't me. Wasn't me. Wasn't me. Um, Yes, exactly. Um, So he yells at her, you know, you got her pregnant and sent her to a butcher. And again, this all could have been cleared up by him just saying it wasn't me. Are they trying to protect Robbie in some weird way? Like, is that why they're not saying it? I, I mean, he doesn't no have idea. to say who it is. He just has to say it's not him. Right. <sighs> so stupid. But again, the movie would have ended an hour earlier. <laughs> it's like, uh, come out. Right. <laughs> Johnny and Baby say goodbye, and she's like, the wind is playing. Song is that his song? by Patrick Swayze, yes. I felt like it was very abrupt, the ending. Like, like the goodbye was just like, okay, later, see ya. Yeah, bye. like, what happened to I'm your guy and blah, blah, blah. It's just like, <laughs> bye. And the sister weirdly comforts her by saying, I'll do your hair, baby. That scene is, first of all, this trip got really lame. And the sister scene is the creepiest thing ever. Was I oddly creeped out by that or was it super creepy? Um, No, it was weird. I was so weird. Oh, never mind. Maybe it's just pretty the way it is. I have to say, though, she does. She does do a good job on her hair. And I feel like with this summer, like if you don't have a devastating heartbreak by the end of the summer, you did it wrong. (laughs) Like they both. That's they both have the devastating heartbreak. That's true. The resort season finale begins with Neil leading the group and singing an anthem to Kellerman's. Oh, my God. God. Timmy was laughing so hard because I could sing the whole song. I knew it. Wow. Baby and her parents are seated at a corner table. Lisa, dressed in her hula outfit, sings and dances. And then Mm. Dr. Hausman, who still believes like Robbie's a good dude, presses an envelope into his chest like, here, take some, take this check for your medical school. And Robbie's like, oh, thank you. What was that? Did people who barely knew people just give each other, did they just give them cash? Like, that was weird. It was like benefactory, right? I don't know. know. Robbie thanks him and he's like, oh, hey, and thanks for handling the penny situation. And then (laughs) Mr. Dr. Hobson's like, what? And he rips the envelope off of him. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. During another part of the anthem, Johnny shows up. So we see the back door open and Johnny comes in. You forgot the part where Max is talking to the dude off stage. Yeah, go ahead. The tap dancer mm-hmm. man. And he's like, it all seems to be ending. It's all slipping away. I know. And, like, and is that supposed to be symbolic of the guy the is, 50s is it Tito away? Morez, the dude? Yeah. But he he's cool. And he's like, yeah. dude, you got to get with it. Like, these yeah. kids want different things now. Thank God, because, like, the only world this was good for was people like you, Max. Yeah, yeah. So, 
we have the famous scene where Johnny comes over to the table and he's like, nobody puts baby in a corner. Really? Were her parents trying to sideline her, Johnny? Is that what you think? Or was, mm-hmm. did they just randomly sit that it's way? It's the hero thing. Like, So nobody puts baby in a corner and he grabs her and takes her to the stage. Dr. Hausman starts to object, but the wife is like, eh, sit down. Let's see how this plays out. <laughs> So once on stage, Johnny like interrupts it and says, even though he's been fired, he always performs the last dance of the season and he's going to do it now. I feel like in reality, like security would have been tackling him. I said the same when thing. When he walked through the door, like there's no way yep. that Max would have let this play out. I said the same thing. Where's security? If this was uh, 2020, he would have been shot within yeah. five seconds of entering that building. So he introduces baby as Francis. Because, you know, she's no longer a baby, Jen. And they start to dance. He puts on, you know, the famous I've had the time of my life. And the crowd starts to go crazy. And I wrote, I have PTSD from the woohoo girl in the crowd. The woo who girl. like mom. The woo girl was yeah. killing me. Yeah, she was mom. mom. I don't know. Woo! Maybe that was. um My mother's maybe. a woo girl, guys. That might have been deep. I didn't realize it, mm-hmm. but I did note it. I'm mm-hmm. like, the woo girls kill me. Mm-hmm. My mom's a woo girl. She's been known to woo at certain things. <laughs> <laughs> Jenny, or Jenny, listen to me. Johnny and baby, dirty dance too. I've had the time of my life. And the whole room starts picking up and dancing and everybody, it, like, it's just an awesome party. They are dying for this. These squares are dying for this. Then guess what? She does the lift. She does the lift mm-hmm. miraculously. Mm-hmm. Yep. And Max Kellerman's like, yep, the world is changing quickly. So then everybody's still kind of dancing and we're seeing people like talking to each other and stuff. And Baby and Johnny start to head out, probably to bang. Right. And they're stopped at the door by Dr. Hausman, who apologizes to Johnny and then says to Baby, you were wonderful out there. Johnny and Francis slash baby return to the dance floor and Johnny lip syncs the song's lyrics about having time of his life, knowing it all to her, and then blah, blah, blah. Closing credits, done. Okay. Final right. thoughts, Jenny. How did it feel about uh, it again? Um, I mean, it feels, you know, like it's nostalgic, right? Mm-hmm. So it feels good, especially in a stressful time, to like, think about when and when I say this I don't mean the 50s and 60s like a simpler time for my life like when I was 13 right 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 <laughs> not yeah. not like it was great to feel a simpler time right. but like 1963 you know, was not simple no no right. not not for a lot of people right. so like it felt you know it felt good to watch something nostalgic and like as much as I wanted to like critique and hate on it a little bit just because some things you know just don't keep with the times well like you know looking back on them they don't age well mm-hmm. it was just great like it just the soundtrack is amazing the soundtrack's great i used to have the cassette yeah. the soundtrack's it's great, great. Mm-hmm. so it, it was a it was a good experience like ultimately jenny i want you to tell everyone what you did tell them what you did after this okay so i was watching this on hulu <laughs> and they automatically play like the next most relevant movie. And while I was taking my notes down for my why and everything, the new next movie started playing and it was <laughs> Dirty Dancing to Havana Nights. Oh, God. 
which I got sucked into and watched the whole thing. Wow. Um, can you give it, just a high level thought on that movie? It was terrible. Okay. Okay. It was probably one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Um, the only good thing is Roger Sterling from Mad Men is in it. Oh my God. I love him. You love him. Love yeah. Him. It's in Cuba. So the music the, the traditional Cuban music that was playing was mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. All of the stuff they added to it was terrible, mm-hmm. but the, the Cuban music was good. They somehow made Cuba boring. Wow. Yeah. It was to make Cuba boring. It was bad. It Why was just so a sequel. Why? The the lead in it, she was just so bad and like Was it boring. connected to the original story in some way? Well, Patrick Swayze was in it. He shows up oh, like boy. A half an hour in, maybe longer, and he's like a dance instructor, and there's going to be a dance competition. But is he Johnny it's... Castle? Yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. I don't think they ever really address who this is, mm. but yeah. it's him, and like it's the night like that the revolution like over like the gover the mm-hmm. president flees and like you know like Castro takes over, which <laughs> it's like basically. Like they showed it like a parade. Like there was, like, it was like the easiest takeover on earth. Like it was, it, it just was, and it was in the middle of their dance competition, of course, in the yeah, middle of their number. I have a trivia question for you. How old do you think Patrick Swayze was when he died? When he died, I know this. I think um, uh, he was like almost fifty. I think no, he is fifty-seven. Oh, okay. Which I, I still think that. is really young. Um, I enjoyed watching it. I was telling Jenny one of the funniest parts was Timmy pretending not to watch it. <laughs> like he was sitting on the couch on his iPad, like playing game or something, and I would look over and I would see him just staring at it, watching. What it. is what is his problem? Just watch it, man. <laughs> well, just own it. Was. Just own it. I think he was like trying to play the game, but then the movie <laughs> was, you know, was tearing him away. Was tearing him away. <laughs> um, I really enjoyed it though. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. Okay, so after every movie that we watch, we're going to look back on it and and talk about maybe some themes or ideas or scarring that we brought with us into adulthood and themes or, or things from the movies that imprinted on us and we, you know, brought with us into our later life. So, Jenny, what is your why for this episode or for this? So I actually have a couple um, but I'm I'm going to go with like the one I think is the main one because the other ones I don't really want to elaborate on, okay. but I think there are definitely themes from this. Mm-hmm. Um, the first one is, I think this is why, like, I just love dancing. I always have. I always will. This really made me remember like how much this sucks that we can't go dancing like in this, pan- like it's been so long since we've been able to do things like that. Like, I'd say I know, even though I've never danced in a club I before. think the last time we went dancing was like. I don't know, January, maybe December. Like it's been a long time with this whole thing. Mm -hmm. And I think it's because like my, and we took dance growing up. Both of you, both of us were dancers. Um, You took that term real loosely. You took ballet and Mm -hmm. jazz. Is that what you took? Tap. Ballet and tap. And I took tap and jazz. And I just love, I mean, I loved it. And like my main form of expression, my whole life has been visual arts, like painting, ceramics, photography. It's a really, you know, isolated thing. Like you're alone in a dark room. You're alone in a studio. You hang it on a wall in a gallery. Like 
you maybe have an artist talk, but like the moment of connection like that, that always happens alone. Like it's a, you know, and you yeah. probably relate to this as being a writer. Yeah. It's deeply, deeply isolated. That creative release isn't shared. And there's something about like dancing and I'm, I'm assuming maybe musicians like who are in bands feel this way too, or orchestras, like that sharing of that energy and that connection with other, it's just such an amazing feeling. Like even if it's, just something creative for the night that you're going out and doing like that is something that like, I just don't have in my primary art. And I just, I just think it's awesome. And I love the dancing in this movie. And I feel that way about um, performing poetry or anything like that. Like, yeah, yeah. I can see that. High. Like you just mm-hmm. have such a high. I remember when I did story slam, like I got off stage, I was shaking. Like it was such yeah. a high. The adrenaline was crazy. Like, I'm not, like, putting paint strokes on the canvas and people are like, whoa, there's none of that. I mean, there's something to the isolation, too, that I quite enjoy. But it's a different different feeling. Like, it's a totally different feeling. Okay, my why is pretty dark. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Okay. This is why I thought love had to be complicated and to hurt in order to count. It never occurred to me that love could be easy and simple. I mean, I feel like soap operas also did that to you. So that this is, yes, I have this written down. <laughs> I was on a steady diet of things like this <laughs> and the melodrama from Little House, the melodrama from my mother's soap operas, which I watched on the daily. And I just think, like, I was reading, another thing is the books I read. I was reading mom's, like, Danielle Steele books. <laughs> And Mary Higgins Clark and shit. And Grandma B used to buy me Flowers in the Attic, those books, V.C. Andrews, which were like (laughs) smut, essentially. And like, it's no wonder why I was completely fucked up when when it came time to like go out into the world and to pair up with somebody, right? Like I thought it had to be a project or that the only... You had to save someone. It had to be dramatic. You had to save somebody. I mean, you just had to save somebody, period. Like, there was no no question about it. Like, if somebody wasn't damaged, I didn't want to look at them. (laughs) Well, it's funny because I had a similar runner-up why that is similar, but a completely different take on it. And that is, this is why I love a good forbidden romance. Yeah. And that's all all I'm going to say about that. Yeah. Yeah, it really, like, this idea of love is supposed to hurt. And it wasn't until, obviously, like, I fell in love with someone who made it easy and it was happy and okay that I was like, whoa, what is this? <laughs> this something's wrong. <laughs> something's wrong. Like, I always just, I don't know, I, I romanticized everything. And this fits right into that category. Well, and all the sweeping gestures, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's all about sweeping gestures. Like the same thing with soap operas. Like this, this huge ending with the sweeping gesture. Like pull her out of the corner, take her on stage, yep. save her. Yep. Yeah. I asked Timmy if we could dance like this the next time there's a live band, like at the Waldorf, and I would pay a lot of money to see that. Oh my god, I would pay a gazillion dollars just to videotape the crowd watching us as we did this because it would be so ridiculous. All right. So we hope you enjoyed this edition of Gen X. This is why presents blockbusters. 
And we'll be doing a few of these randomly, dropping them into your feed. So if you have any suggestions or you have something you think we should consider, feel free to reach out to us in our group, The Mimi Bees. All right. So thanks for listening and we hope to see you soon. Hi, everyone. Amy here. Thanks again for listening to our podcast. We really appreciate it. To best support us, please consider subscribing, sharing, and leaving a review on Apple iTunes or anywhere you listen. You can connect with Jenny and me through our Facebook group, The Mimi Bees. You can find information on The Mimi Bees and all other projects by liking us on Facebook or Instagram at GenXThisIsWhy. Letter X, spell out the Y. Thanks again. See you soon. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.